Welcome. You're listening to episode eight of the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. Today, we're talking about something that for the past 20 years has brought me to tears, has made me want to beat my head against a brick wall, and has been the absolute most rewarding, wonderful thing I have ever experienced. It also happens to be something that most every parent in the nation, maybe all parents, I guess, are currently experiencing to some degree. Today I'm talking about homeschooling. Welcome to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Visser. And my premiere episode of this little podcast aired before we even knew the craziness that was coming with COVID-19, before families around the country were forced to live life very differently, pretty much forced to simplify things and take a break from the crazy, busy, loud clutter of life, which is exactly what the goal of this podcast has been from the start, to encourage you to do just that. Well, (laughs) without the stress of a worldwide pandemic, of course. But regardless of when you're listening to this, I am here to be your encouragement mentor, to remind you that simple living isn't synonymous with easy, but it is something you can enjoy the pursuit of. So let's do this together. And of course, when I started this podcast, I had no idea that the entire nation would be educating their kids at home to some degree. I shouldn't say before I go any further, my daughters and I have had many talks about this topic and what you currently are doing, if you are a parent who typically works outside the home and your kid is typically in a traditional school setting and you are now helping them work through their schoolwork at home, I want to encourage you that what you're doing is really much more something that maybe could be called stress schooling. You know, it's done under stress and it's not done for the typical reasons that a parent would homeschool. So I say that as an encouragement in the sense that I know, I can only imagine actually, it's got to be really stressful, really difficult. I mean, when a new homeschooler or a mom who's considering homeschooling will come to me and want to talk about it, one of the first things I will tell them is you have to know right up front, you have to pretty much write off your first year. Your first year is going to be this big hump of getting over a whole lot of things that your child and you are used to in the other way of life versus the homeschool way of life. And trust me, what your first year looks like is not going to be anywhere close to the wonderfulness to come in year two and year three as you and your children get used to it and work your way through it and figure out how this is going to work best for your family. So I say that because obviously those of you who are forced to be homeschooling right now, you're not in a situation anywhere close to that where you have this leisure ability to work your way through how this is going to look best for your family. So trust me, you are doing a fantastic job and trust me, it is not unusual that it's stressful and chaotic and all consuming and nutty for you. So please know that it's not what a typical homeschool environment would be like, which really is more of a simple environment in some ways. Not in always. Remember, I did tell you that I have beat my head against a wall many times over homeschooling. Okay, well, although I have a whole lot of things I plan on talking about with homeschooling, I mean, I've I've done this for 20 years, and it has been the most difficult yet most rewarding experience of my life. And there's plenty of things that I have to say about it, and most of them actually really relate to parenting in general, more so than strictly homeschooling. So I think it's something, it's a topic that I think a lot of people would find interesting if you're a parent, but 
Um, what I'm talking about today is a more specific topic that I never even saw coming. So trust me that I feel like I'm kind of diving into this in an awkward order. And there's other things that I would normally have to tell you about homeschooling. But today I'm going to dive in to the fact that there was an article written last week. Maybe you have heard about this article in Harvard Magazine that has the homeschool community on edge and in upheaval and honestly pretty angry because it is not an accurate article in any way, honestly. So that's what today is about. And I want to discuss that article and give you my input and my views on it as a mom who's been in the homeschool trenches for two decades now. So the latest issue of Harvard Magazine has me feeling really grateful that I have homeschooled my daughters for 20 years. In fact, this May is going to mark the end of that 20-year period of my life that I have devoted to the elementary and middle school and high school education of all four of my daughters. While I have zero Harvard Law degree, and I have no impressive experience in civil rights and family law like the professor who is behind this article, I do feel that I do have the credentials to explain the workings of a homeschool mindset and how the average homeschool mindset lies in complete antithesis to the Harvard article's premises. So why did I choose to homeschool? I longed to give my daughters an education that went well beyond just learning rote facts, but that left them hungry to know more. In my 16 years worth of a standard, rather typical education, I cannot recall one moment, and I challenge you to think about it, and I wonder how many moments you can recall if you went through the traditional education system. Um, Not one moment that left me hungry to know more. I mean, sure, I did have some very interesting teachers, a few that I would call really good teachers. And I had a few classes that I would call interesting, although not enough of either of them in my academic career that spanned both public and private education. But I never dug in deeper than I had to in any subject at any age than I had to to earn an A. That's all I was seeking. I was always a straight A student, and that was my goal, the A on the paper at the end of the class. I never cared to dig for any information that would go beyond getting that A. Even so, instilling a love of learning in my own daughters, you know, that I never had until actually I started teaching them, that wasn't all that I was striving for because I realized early on that I longed for my daughter's education to accomplish something deeper than that. I remember being worried when they were little that I would never be able to accomplish this, but I know I longed to uncover their unique God-given talents because I knew each one of them had those talents. Even when they were very young children, I knew eventually if I really worked hard at it with them and closely watched them, I would just help them discover what these talents were. And I knew that each of them would have unique interests. Once I uncovered them in my mind, I thought if I could then cater to those very specific talents and interests in each individual daughter, then I knew that it would be something earth-shattering, something life-changing. And I'll tell you, the prospect working towards this absolutely left me exhausted for pretty much two decades. (laughs) But at the same time, it left me utterly blessed. And in future episodes, I am looking forward to explaining some more of what I mean about that, how I did that with certain daughters and what it looked like, just to encourage you 
if you are a parent of a young child or middle school child, or heck, even a teenager, ways that you could do this same thing. But that's for another future episode. Um, by the way, I don't want to sugarcoat this at all. If you ever asked me, if you saw me on the street and you asked me, what was my opinion of homeschooling? If it was today, or if it was five years ago, or if it was 15 years ago, I'm pretty sure I would respond maybe verbatim with the exact same idea. I would respond without hesitation and without sugarcoating that homeschooling has been the most difficult roller coaster ride of reward that I've ever experienced. It's left me with black circles under my eyes. And I'm pretty sure I have some bald spots here and there, (laughs) which it seemed like for seasons full of my life, I had incessant crying and I was pulling out my hair, but I should probably clarify it was my hair, not my daughter's I was pulling out because we're going to get to a point that the professor at Harvard was very concerned about in her article related to she was connecting homeschooling to child abuse. So I don't want you to think I was pulling out anyone's hair except for my own. But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, While it's never been easy, homeschooling has created this family unit for us that has been much stronger than it ever could have been if we hadn't chosen this path. And I can honestly tell you, homeschooling has developed each one of my daughters into a stronger, wiser, more productive, and and more compassionate woman than she would have been otherwise. Each in very distinctly different ways, because of course, as you guys know, every child is distinctly different. It's wonderful how homeschooling can cater to that child's specific needs, with a different mindset for each one, helping them towards a different goal. Okay, so in the latest edition of the Harvard Magazine, Elizabeth, you know, I hope I pronounced her name correctly, Bartholet, Elizabeth Bartholet, is the Harvard professor that is quoted throughout the article. And she said that she, I quote, sees risks for children and society in homeschooling, and recommends a presumptive ban on the practice. Yes, a ban on homeschooling is the premise of this article. Um, By the way, the article is based on Professor Bartholet's recent paper that she published in the Arizona Law Review. I will link to that. I will link to the article itself. And I will link to all of the studies that I reference as we talk today in a blog post on this exact same topic. And I will leave some of those links in the show notes as well. By the way, if you ever have trouble finding the show notes, you can always go to solelyrested.com slash podcast. You will find every episode and all of the show notes there. Okay. So back to what I was saying, the article ironically shows complete intolerance for a minority group arguing that one of the biggest flaws of this minority group is that it promotes bigotry. I mean, the irony in that is mind boggling to me. By the way, it does say in the article itself that homeschoolers account for roughly three to 4% of school-aged children in the United States. So it is definitely a minority and they are definitely being biased against this minority. (laughs) In the interest of being transparent, I will note, I was feeling quite intolerant toward Professor Bartholet when I finished reading the article. Now, now, if I am really going for transparency, I'm going to admit to you right up front that I was intolerant of her views right out of the batter's box. I mean, the minute that I read her words that homeschooling violates children's rights to a meaningful education, I was ready to call foul. In fact, I might have called her a few foul adjectives, maybe. (laughs) Even so, I decided I needed to spend a few minutes getting to know her better so that I could maybe gain some insight into the motive behind this article. After opening a few new tabs on my laptop and reading about Professor Bartholet's 
legal career, and her interesting focus on defending children who truly deserve to be defended from horrible neglect and abuse. And after reading how she was personally deeply moved by this awful story that she alludes to in the Harvard Magazine article of a young woman named Tara Westover. Tara is the daughter of an Idaho survivalist couple who never sent their children to school. So Westover was essentially, quote unquote, homeschooled, um, but had no true learning. And she very sadly endured abuse from her older brother through all those years. So I wondered if maybe, just maybe, Ms. Bartholet's true thoughts and true motive when she suggested a ban on homeschooling Maybe it was indeed in the best interest of a small, very small, select group of homeschool children whom she genuinely thought she could save from abuse if she could convince our nation to ban homeschooling. But I saw too much irony to truly believe that. As I read a little bit more, I couldn't help but see the irony behind the fact that Professor Bartholet knows firsthand about our broken government child care system. She works with it. She herself has written about how a surprisingly high percentage, and this is so sad, high percentage of children with substantiated claims of abuse and neglect are victims of repeat maltreatment. They get thrown right back into the horrible situation. She's well aware that the broken government system knows about abuse and yet returns kids to those homes anyway. So I was totally at a loss. The more I was reading, the more tabs I had opened on my computer. Are you guys like me? When you get into something, you have like 15 tabs open and you lose track. I mean, that's what I do. Anyway, the more tabs I had opened, the more I read, I was at a loss at how Professor Bartlett could feel the public school system could be an actual good, legitimate check and balance to somehow prevent an abusive parent from destroying a child's life. She works with the system. She knows better. Professor Bartholet also is in favor, I read, of international and domestic adoption. And she specifically explains that she is in favor of it um, with, quote, what she calls religious people knowing that they make up a vast majority of those who are adoptive parents. So I couldn't figure out why she would be so in favor of conservative adoptive parents who hold views that she makes very obvious are very in antithesis with her own more liberal views, why she would be in favor of the conservative parents adopting children, but so suspicious of conservative homeschooling parents. It just didn't jive in my mind. And no one's religious belief, by the way, is even close to being the number one reason that folks are taking their kids out of traditional education today. Back in the beginning, 40 years ago, when the whole modern homeschooling movement started, yes, a lot of if not 100% of the reason was based on faith and religion, but not today. And Professor Bartholet, surely she knows this. I mean, she that's her specialty is children. I mean, surely she knows a little bit about the education system and I don't know, but she seemed to think that religious beliefs were the reason, I believe it said something like over 90% of the reason, that parents take their kids out of traditional school. And that is simply completely erroneous. It is not true today. Studies show that, you know what, we'll get to that in just a bit. We'll get to that. But I want to continue with this thought of that I was not seeing logic. When I saw no true logic in the professor's arguments, or I should tell you the author of the article herself, her name is Erin O'Donnell, I didn't see logic with what either of them were saying and writing. And by the way, the article is called The Risks of Homeschooling, and it's in Harvard Magazine's current issue. 
Okay, but when I saw no true strands of logic, I honestly started wondering if it was possible that the liberal education establishment, of which, of course, Ivy League schools are the pinnacle, if it is maybe concerned about what attitude parents are going to have when we come out on the other side of the coronavirus shutdown. Is it possible that elite, expensive collegiate establishments are kind of worried that parents may see, wait, there's actually joy in having my children home and supervising their education? And are collegiate establishments maybe worried that parents might suddenly decide to make their children's education their own personal priority? Are expensive colleges worried that parents may suddenly be willing to, you know, rearrange their priorities and instead of always striving for more material gains to improve their child's life, long to cut out some extemporary, (laughs) extemporous, I can't say the word, those extra things, (laughs) you know, like new clothes, Instead, go thrift shopping, cut out maybe a new car. We run our cars into the ground, which of course is kind of easy because Bill is a mechanic, but still. Maybe maybe colleges are worried that parents will be willing to cut out dinners out because, you know, kids love homemade pizza and a movie at home even better than a dinner out, and it costs like a few bucks. Um, maybe, maybe families will be willing to cut out the need for one parent's income, they'll find a way to do it. And maybe a few people at Harvard are wondering if parents, after realizing the oh so hard but surprising joy of learning alongside their children during this coronavirus shutdown, will start to make sacrifices so one parent can stay home and take the education of their children into their own hands. If so, If colleges are starting to worry that about that, especially the expensive Ivy League ones like Harvard, then are they worried that after being educational homeschool rebels, those same families many years from now might realize that striving for their child to attain this Ivy League status after high school graduation isn't really an ideal that's important to them anymore. Maybe after years worth of financial sacrifice to see family gain. Maybe a high price tag college degree might no longer look impressive to families across this country. I mean, could that be the motive behind Ms. O'Donnell's article and Professor Bartlett's paper? I don't know, but it left me fuming. I mean, I can only wonder, but I can't understand the basic premise behind Professor Bartlett's Bartlett's paper. The blatantly vicious, prejudiced attack on an extreme minority in our nation, it left me fuming. Then I stumbled across, by the way, these insights into thoughts. uh, You know, I just kept getting deeper and deeper. I found some thoughts that administrative, or I'm sorry, admissions officers at different institutions were quoted as saying things that they believed about homeschoolers. And basically, to sum it all up, there was three different um, institutions that these office admissions offices were quoted from. But basically, to sum it up, they said that homeschoolers were pretty much closed-minded religious bigots. Guys, I really got fuming then. <laughs> I decided I wasn't going to just sit over here silent in my chilly old farmhouse kitchen on this cold April morning. So this morning, I started in on it. I just sat down and I decided I had to jump into the debate. I mean, pretty much, except for those 15 open tabs of information on my computer, I'm really just armed with my own experience, two decades worth of insight into hundreds of homeschool families that I have worked with over those 20 years from the Mid-Atlantic area up to New England. And of course, I was armed with my pen. So I sat down and I started to write my rebuttal. So the main risks for children and our society and homeschooling, the main arguments in favor of this ban on homeschooling, according to the Harvard Magazine article, It was this, homeschooled children 
are number one, deprived of a good education. Number two, not encouraged to be productive members of our democracy. And number three, not protected from potential abuse. So those are what I'm going to focus on the rest of our talk today. First of all, what defines a meaningful education? The Harvard professor is arguing that homeschooling deprives children of a meaningful education. While the list of problems with this argument is way longer than I can even start to tackle today, I am going to point a few problems out. First of all, Professor Bartholet has seemed to have forgotten that roughly two-thirds of American students are scoring below their grade level in not only reading, but also math, by the time they enter high school. Also, I fail to understand how a one-on-one education that is being administered by a person who truly is invested in that child's life, very personally, genetically, why would that not lead to, at the very minimum, a somewhat meaningful education? Hello? I assume Professor Bartlett is picturing an abusive parent when she pictures homeschooling as being meaningless or void of learning. But in reality, guys, having done this for all these years, I can tell you that an average homeschool mom is truly beating up on herself all the time, always realizing there is some area of her child's education that could be improved always arguing as her own worst critic that at least one part of their child's daily activities, if not maybe all of them, could be more meaningful. And that poor mom is often losing so much sleep over trying to make everything more meaningful for their children, for every child in her care. In the end, I have to recommend that professionals like these Harvard experts should spend some time worrying more about the children whose parents have taken on the responsibility, I'm sorry, worrying less, did I say more? (laughs) They should spend less time worrying about the children whose parents have taken on this responsibility of their educational well-being, since for the most part, Those parents are doing enough worrying on their own. And instead, the professionals should invest resources into approving the system from the ground up, the traditional educational system, improving it for those children whose parents simply don't have any other option for their children. Along the same lines, the professor goes on to a point goes on to point out that there are homeschool parents who are not adequate for the job of educating a well-rounded child. This actually should not be surprising since more than one in five adults who are products of our public educational system are functionally illiterate. Did you know that? I didn't know that till I started researching today. I was shocked and horrified. One fifth of our adults today are functionally illiterate. And another 28% here in the United States read at a very basic level. If you put those two groups together, that equates to almost half of our adult population in our nation. So of course, yes, Professor Bartholet, There are indeed some homeschool parents, I'm sure, who are products of that public educational system who are not literate or academically gifted themselves. But let's think about this. If we encourage those very parents that we're thinking of to not homeschool their children, then this is the argument you're telling them. You're saying, we know you're not qualified. So send your child right back into that system that created you even though you're unqualified to teach your own child, send your child into that system so they can one day also be unqualified to teach their own children. 
I'm sorry if that's harsh, but that's exactly where I feel like that line of logic leads to. And how dare Professor Bartholet be so high and mighty and point her finger at, there are some homeschooling parents who aren't qualified. Why are they not qualified? Let's fix the system that created the illiterate adults. Okay. Even so, I'm going to go backtrack here and I'm going to say that I actually don't like be shocked. Okay. I actually kind of agree with professor Bartlett on this point because I'm actually going to argue there is no homeschool parent that is adequate for the job of educating a well-rounded child. But ironically, this very fact is what leads to my next rebuttal of yet another erroneous point of the Harvard magazine article. Okay, so the article argues that homeschoolers are not active, I'm quoting, productive members of our democracy. The assumption behind this argument is, of course, that a traditional educational system is churning out students who are active, productive members of our democracy, right? But when a government has total control over what the youth are learning and how they're learning it, isn't it obvious that that could potentially lead to a totalitarian regime that recruits its supporters from its youth and churns out cookie cutter citizens. We have seen it happen sadly throughout history guys. So yes, it definitely could lead to that. While no, I am not adequate for the job of educating a well-rounded child what naturally follows is the makings of a wonderful democracy. You see, because it's too lofty and wonderful of a task to educate a child solely by yourself. It's not a job one person is able to do single-handedly. In a dozen or so brief years, how can one instill great knowledge as well as passion for learning itself and the ability is to do so freely all lifelong in a child, not to mention the impossibility of the other telltale signs of superior education to help a pupil uncover his or her own passions and innate abilities and to nurture them in ways totally unique to themselves. No, there is no one up to that challenge alone. And all would fail at it to some degree or another on this roller coaster impossible ride known as educating a well-rounded child. So the professor and I can actually agree on that point, but the story doesn't end with the fact that I'm a failure. Thank the Lord, literally. But the professor's analysis, I'm pretty sure would just end right there. You're right, no one can do it on their own. But my personal experience confirms that the story doesn't end with my failure. The story mushrooms and it spills over to draw in so many mentors and experts in a child's life, to fill in all those voids where I could never help them. You see, I sought out robotics teams. I sought out travel softball coaches and professional potters and experienced entrepreneurs, even website designers who were willing and interested in being in on this brief season on this tiny small window in one child's life to leave a footprint and to make a difference for everyone's future. Because we all know that's the way to change this country for the better. We know it, right? To raise up a future generation who's passionate about important things and eagerly learning and improving themselves and all the things around them. Since that's the ultimate goal of almost every homeschool parent I've ever worked with over the past two decades, to fill in those gaps where they are a failure, to find experts to help their child in whatever way they can, I fail to see how on earth any standard public education system could create something that would lead to more active more productive members who are contributing more positively to our democratic society than homeschooling. Professor Bartlett argues that homeschoolers fail at this. And I argue she doesn't know what homeschooling is like.
Sadly, on a different note, there is a study I found that points out that our public education system is failing our democracy in the area of civics. It turns out 50% of Americans don't know how long the terms are for our representatives and our senators. Not alone who has the power to declare war or what rights are guaranteed by the First Amendment of our Constitution. So sadly, not only does the public school system um, not really lead to individualized learning for each student, they also are failing students when it comes to knowing about their government. How can we be active, fulfilling members of a democracy if we don't know how it works? Then, on to the third point. There's this whole issue of child abuse. In the article, the argument is made that homeschooling violates children's rights, and this is in quotes, to be protected from potential child abuse. After reading about Professor Bartlett's legal background, I have to believe this argument against homeschooling was probably the one that concerns her the most because it is something that she has spent her lifetime fighting. You know, the abuse of children and trying to better the situation. I believe, I mean, if she has spent her adult life truly working to benefit children who are in need, I respect that. Even so, I fail to see the logic behind her argument that banning homeschooling is going to some way lessen child abuse. (sighs) When I think about the best way that I can respond to this, I think it probably is by explaining to you some study results that I found. But first, I'm going to tell you my gut reaction when I read her argument. My first thought was the fact that one of the leading reasons, no, actually the number one reason, parents have decided to homeschool their children in recent years is that they are removing their child from danger that their child's been exposed to in the traditional education system. Abuse in the form of bullying, as well as abuse at the hands of authority figures or rampant drug abuse or just overall violence. There was a 2016 study by the National Center of Educational Statistics that shows the number one reason parents choose homeschooling is their concern about the dangers in the public education environment. So my gut reaction when Professor Bartholet argued that banning homeschooling is going to decrease child abuse was to wonder what about the opposite? How many beautiful children have parents who would gratefully and willingly sacrifice of themselves to do whatever was necessary to give their sweet child a different option, bring them home, teach them themselves, if they only knew, if they only knew their child was being verbally or maybe physically abused by an authority figure at their school? to the point that the child can no longer find any joy in their classes. If only they knew their child was maybe being bullied by the peers to the point of considering suicide. If only they knew their child was considering starting down a horrible path of drug abuse because they were exhausted, trying to desperately feel accepted by their peers and figuring just dabbling this little bit a few times and hanging with the cool kids would help them finally just fit in. If only those parents knew homeschooling was a viable, legitimate option and that the home educated student typically scores 15 to 30% points above the public school student on standardized testing. Of course, it's a viable option. But instead, articles like this very one that I'm rebutting, (laughs) that's not a word, this very one that I am arguing against today, um, convincing parents to turn a blind eye 
to some odd actions that they notice in their child because they think, surely, I, I just imagined that they're, that they're acting odd. And, and let's be real. It's not like homeschooling would ever be a profitable life for them. You know, they've read articles about the fact that homeschooling just turns a child into a self-centered person with no true exposure to a wide variety of people and beliefs. And it turns them into somebody who isn't a valuable member of society. So surely they don't want that for their child. So they just turn a blind eye when otherwise maybe they would realize their child is crying out for help. If only there was a more straightforward, unbiased opinions being circulated about homeschooling, then maybe that would help. In those rare situations, and I am not arguing at all that all children in public school systems are being abused or bullied or, no, that's not at all what I'm saying. I believe that that's a rare occurrence in the same way that it's a rare occurrence for a child to be being abused in their family that's home homeschooled. But if only there were more straightforward, unbiased opinions floating around about the viable option of homeschooling, maybe those few parents who do have children who are being abused in the traditional educational system or bullied or whatever the case, doing drugs and getting into things they should not be or would not be if they weren't in that situation, maybe those parents would see the signs and would pay attention and would realize, I can help. There's something going on and I can make a difference in my child's life. But thankfully, there have been thousands of families who did realize the abuse their child was facing, and they chose to bring the child home and homeschool because it was safer for their children. Imagine if indeed suddenly a ban was placed on homeschooling. That would literally force thousands of children to go back into an environment their parents had just pulled them out of because of the very fact that they were being victimized there. So now that I gave you my, <laughs> all of my gut reactions to this argument against homeschooling and child abuse, I'll share with you the results of a study that Erin O'Donnell probably should have glanced at before she wrote her article for Harvard Magazine. In a detailed study on this very topic that examined children who were ages 6 through 17 over an 18-year period, researchers found that no statistical evidence shows that there is any relationship between the number of abused homeschool students and the degree that the state controlled homeschooling. So what I'm saying is states that basically had no regulations or very small minor regulations over homeschoolers for the past 18 years now, they did not experience any higher occurrence of abuse among homeschoolers. Whereas Professor Bartholet's argument would lead you to believe in those states, there would have been rampant child abuse among homeschoolers, but there wasn't. Okay, so that leads to the natural conclusion that instead of reducing abuse, if we truly ever considered banning homeschooling in this country, we would increase the incidence of child abuse. But I wanted to know, what did other college professors say about homeschoolers? And I had remembered that I have a writer friend who many years ago, after she graduated her own children from homeschooling, decided she wanted to find out the answer to that very question. She wanted to know, what do college professors think about homeschoolers? At the time, her youngest had just started college and it was something really strong in her mind. So she did what was certainly an unscientific study, <laughs> but she um, pulled together some questions and she went to Facebook and she did some searches and she reached out to, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 professors, maybe more. I, I don't recall if she told me, but she had seven randomly chosen professors respond back to her that yes, they would answer a few questions about their experience with homeschoolers. So she sent them her questions and I'll share a link to everything, you know, her whole list of questions and all of their answers 
in the show notes and in my blog post about this article. But I'll share with you right now the ones that really were eye-opening for me and I think would be eye-opening for anyone that's wondering what kind of adults are the products of this 40-year experiment our country has known as modern homeschooling. Here are a few of the professor's responses. I've been so impressed by my homeschool students that I pulled my own son out of public school and he started homeschooling in seventh grade. Another one. My homeschool students are some of my favorite students. I find them to be ready to learn in a way that I don't see in public school students. Another one. Generally speaking, I can tell if a student is a homeschool graduate by about the middle of the semester because he or she is a serious student. Interacting in class, they do very well, especially on those things not explicitly covered in class. In fact, I wish that I could fill my classes with homeschool graduates. But maybe the most telling of all of those questions that my friend asked was when she asked these seven professors what they saw as the biggest weakness of homeschooled children as college students. One explained her biggest complaint about homeschooled kids, and guys, honestly, I I could not make this up, (laughs) was the fact that they're always forgetting to put their names on their work. Truly, honestly. (laughs) Another one's biggest gripe was that homeschoolers don't know how to properly format a bibliography in MLA or APA style. Okay, well, that was not a skill that I have ever found I needed once in my adult life. So if that's her biggest gripe, I think I can live with that. But the best answer rang loud and true in my heart. In fact, just hours after I read this professor's comment that I'm going to share with you in just a second, I got a text from my eldest daughter, Logan. She sent me a photo of this new knitting project she's working on, and I asked her if she was kind of having trouble matching up the rows a little bit because it appeared that maybe the knitting was just a little bit crooked. And I knew this was her first ever attempt at knitting a sweater. I was really excited for her. So um, not alone. I mean, it was like really intricately cabled. It's going to be gorgeous. Well, her response was, oh no, trust me, mom. It's perfect. It just wasn't laid out totally straight on the couch when I took that picture. Okay, so here's the problem. The professor explained that he saw the most often in homeschool students when they become college students. Are you ready for this? A perfection syndrome. High school graduates are less likely to understand that there is an appropriate trade-off between efficiency and being 100% accurate. They tend to work on assignments too long in order to make them perfect. Oh my gosh. I could totally relate to what this professor experiences. And Logan proved it to me just hours later. I mean, she's no longer a student. She's out in the real world, has been a career woman for a couple of years, but she still has that mentality she did as a student. So in the end, guys, to wrap this up, I can only speculate what the Harvard professor's motives are when she calls for a ban on homeschooling. And I can tell you with all sincerity, her logic is completely flawed from beginning to end. When I compare her arguments to my own two decades of experience with homeschooling children and homeschooling families all the way from the mid-Atlantic area up through New England, nothing in her arguments makes any logical sense when I compare it to what I personally have experienced. And I can't help but wonder if it could be that the biggest fault the traditional educational system finds in homeschooling is what the professor, you know, the same one who described the perfection syndrome, what he stated as his very last comment on my friend's questionnaire. This is what he said. The greatest strength of homeschool graduates is their amazing ability to learn without a teacher. So there you have it. Is it possible that homeschooling is a threat to traditional schooling? I don't know. 
I'll leave it at that. I will also tell you that traditionally or going forward or whatever you want to say, <laughs> my podcast will never be this long. This happens to be a topic that is so ingrained in my heart and I just, I could not get over my fuming feelings towards the illogical arguments and premises of this article that I had to sit down and write this out today and record this podcast and get it out there just to encourage all of you who right now, even though homeschooling may never be a lifestyle your family chooses, right now, a lot of you, all of you who are parents are in the heat of homeschooling. And you know it's difficult, but I'm hoping you also see some joy in it and you also see that, I mean, like I said in the very beginning, what you're doing right now is not truly homeschooling. You are following the standards that the school has already set up and you're just doing your best to keep your child moving along the way that they would in a traditional school setting. So that's not homeschooling, but... You are right there, elbow to elbow, with your child every day. And that alone is a great experience. So I hope that the ridiculous theories out there, like this professor's and this article is promoting, I hope that I've shown you there's no reason whatsoever to feel like what you're doing right now at this moment in your child's life is at all meaningless. Because trust me, it is not. Keep it up, mom and dad. You're doing an amazing job and it is definitely full of meaning. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed it or if you found it encouraging, I would greatly appreciate it if you hit the follow button so that you don't miss a future episode. And if you have a moment to go over to your favorite podcast player and leave a review, that will help others find this little podcast and it will help me to encourage a few more folks in this simple way of living today. By the way, remember, if you're having trouble accessing your show notes for this, if you really would like to see some of these studies I've referred to, all back episodes, all show notes, and the ones for this episode today are all going to be available at solelyrested.com slash podcast, and you should be able to access them on any one of your favorite podcast players. Thanks, guys. I hope everything is truly good in your neck of the woods today.